Um, mm-hmm. You went to UW? I did go to UW, yeah. You guys didn't cross paths? UW Seattle, UW Boston. Yeah, UW Seattle. Oh, oh that's why. Oh, okay. Beat out! That's where the crows are. That's where the crows are. No, we literally have a class on crows. I know, I just found out about that. That's the fucking fuck cool. Mean crows? No, the, they have a, has like the they have a huge ass murder up there. Yeah. Did you, you just use the word murder to describe a group Myra's. of crows? I did. Myra That's what they that are. That is the accurate term for a group That's, of crows. And Myra also I don't want you guys to make fun of where I went to college ever again. Welcome back to Activist Class. We have council member Varisha Khan with us. Yes! Arya Stark bra, 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 in the bra. flesh. <laughs> Seven kingdoms bow down. Okay, okay, okay. I am Aretha, and I'm here with a day. Little finger. <laughs> Chrissy. Hi. Myra. And the one, I really need the only, a speculation. What up, what up? Woo. Can you not cough on the mic? We have a coronavirus going around. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to activist class. So we ask this to all of our guests. Tell us how you grew up and what experiences in your youth politicized you. Well, I'm excited to be here. Um, thank you for having me. And... So I grew up, um, so I was born in Dallas, Texas, and uh, grew up in the east side in the Seattle area as a Pakistani-American second-generation Muslim woman um, and who wears a hijab, right? So I'm very, like, my identity is, like, in your face. Um, and so it's always been like that. So when growing up, um, even in Redmond, and even being in the east side, which is, like, known for being a bit more diverse or just like you know a bit more progressive or liberal or whatever um i grew up facing racism um and prejudice due to my ethnic background and my religious background and um and i remember like being in elementary school being called a terrorist by my friends right who thought it was cute to call me that or funny or like a pet name um and being hurt by that and um talking to my parents you know, when I was going through that and saying like, hey mom, like why would my friend think it's cool to call me something that I'm not, right? Or call me something so horrible. And she was like, it's because people, um, or because like your friends are probably watching the news with their families or hear their parents talk about these things, right? Because of the news that they're watching. And this is what they're hearing, right? And this was like 2003, right? This is like, you know, war on terror is like at its peak, right? We're in Iraq, like there's Bush's president, like there's a lot going on. And a lot of that, like, systemic targeting towards um, American Muslims and, like, South Asian Americans and Middle Easterners, which is just, like, ramping up. And, um, and it was saturated through our media cycle and our politics. And that was the first time that I learned about the impact of politics and media on, like, you know, f- shaping racism, right? And, and, like, perpetuating racism in our country. And, um, and because we know, like, racism is learned, right? Like, prejudice is learned. Um, that was the first time I realized that I was like 10 years old and and that was the first time I realized that um, the way that I perceive myself is not the way that others might perceive me even if it's just my friend um, because they have biases that I I don't know and I don't see and I don't understand so that 
is like kind of what I had to work through growing up and like time and time again I'd have to like not only just like explain my identity like explain my religion explain um like my my cultural background but also um have to like fight back um and um and so I would say like I think I became radicalized when um I first learned about uh Japanese incarceration in America and especially in, in like the Pacific Northwest. And I learned about that in, um, I believe it was in middle school. And there was a, a play that came to my school that like told a story showcasing Japanese incarceration. Um, and that, like I remember going home and just like, and like I pray um, as part of our religion, like, like I would go home and I would pray. And I remember just like sitting like after prayer and thinking like everything that I heard in that play and everything that the family that was portrayed went through and everything that the, that they were hearing from like the media from the news the propaganda right like what was coming from our presidential administration the executive orders all of that was resonating with me today and i was like holy shit like this could be us this could be me and my family right this could be american muslims like we could be that next victim of racism and mass incarceration right and like targeted mass incarceration and I just remember sitting there thinking like I I don't want that to happen to anyone else ever again and I'm gonna do whatever it takes to make sure that no no immigrant no American Muslim no minority is ever 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 targeted for um, for mass you know um, for for mass incarceration um, or you know like ever again right and like little did I know at 10 years old or 11 years old or 12 years old that you know we'd have a president that mm -hmm. is doing exactly that right intentionally um you know putting kids in cages at the border mm -hmm. um that is intentionally perpetuating that narrative of Islamophobia mm -hmm. um and you know enacting a Muslim ban mm -hmm. and you know just and just fueling that and it's like throughout my life I have felt us creeping closer and closer towards that and mm -hmm. it's always been that fear in the back of my head and I've always just like done whatever it takes to fight against that so that's why i ran for office last year that's why i think i won and yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and now you know it's like that that resistance is more important than ever before so i'm i'm in it to win it do you remember the name of the play unfortunately i don't i wish i did i wish i did i know it was like a group that was traveling like to different schools that was holding up play but it was it was beautiful and it was powerful um and it like shook like me as a child to the core yeah. you know mm -hmm. so i know that whoever they are they're they're getting some some like you know good karma to mm -hmm. this day yeah. <laughs> thank you for sharing that yeah. yeah yeah how long is the term for your seat four years hell yeah yeah so you'll, be, you'll be 28 when you're done I will be 28 when I'm done. Correct. Don't sigh. Like, it's like fucking old. <laughs> no, it's like, oh my God, I'll be almost 30. Like, it just feels so Yo, feel far you. from now. <laughs> I don't know. Speculation. 30s are pretty cool. <laughs> the dirty 30s. They're pretty and the cool. cool. being 30 just feels so far away. Pretty sick. Yeah. So, you, growing up, um, getting politicized by things on the news, did you always want to run for office? Like, is this like something you've been scheming since <laughs> high school city council um it was not when i was in high school it was not when i was really little i 
never thought about politics at that point as even a possibility. Yeah, don't worry, this is not exposing yourself as a career politician. Uh-oh. But you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say something about that though. Yeah, like yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong now with like having a new generation of like young, ambitious, um, I like you this know, take. political oriented, you know, people. Hot, cake. Mm-hmm. Hot take. Right. I I mean, we need it, actually, if anything. Right. We need younger people to be in politics and running our government because we're a voice that's been lacking for years. Right. For Mm -hmm. generations. And now we're like facing issues, you know, worse than our predecessors ever have. Right. We're a generation like millennials are a generation that are worse off financially. Um, We don't have enough for savings. We're not making enough money. Like we're in more debt, student loan debt. Like, you know, there's just like we're, you know, all odds are against us right now. And obviously us not being at the seat at the table um, is is perpetuating that right Mm -hmm. like we don't have that voice politically so um the more of us that are in it are are is what's really going to get us that kind of like future oriented systemic change so um so i truly believe that like we need younger people to be in office and like involved politically um and so i thought about it um in college and uh running for office that is and i didn't think about city council but i was just like one day one day down the road i'll probably run right because i think that's what we need. I think we need young people. I need, we need diverse people in government. We need our government to represent the people, right? Like I'm the first ever, I'm one of two, the first ever Muslim women ever elected in Washington Which State. Which happened at the same time. At the same time right. this mm-hmm. year. Yeah. In Pasco. In Pasco, exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. Damn, Zahra. in Pasco? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? Do you know that? Exactly, I can't even imagine that journey, right? Yo. Like if I had a run, I can't imagine Yo. Tri-Cities, like oof, mad respect to Zahra out there. But um, like, that's what it takes right that's what it takes to make change so um i realized that in college and i realized like as part of a bigger picture that like i would probably want to be part of that um but i thought that would be maybe like when i'm 30 Mm -hmm. like i'm gonna go do a lot in my life first right and then you were the ed of a organization right i was not an ed of an organization i wish i was Uh, are you talking about when i was in college Uh, or one america Right before One America, mm. I was um, a communications coordinator oh, okay. <laughs> at CARE Washington, okay. um, Council on American Islamic Relations. So I was like, you know, I was like the young, mm-hmm. you know, whippersnapper running around. <laughs> I love those <laughs> communication coordinator jobs. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. It was a lot of fun. But Ball like, I, literally, I remember thin- mm-hmm. like thinking when I was sitting in that position, like being communications coordinator, right? Like, and I was doing a lot of great work. Don't get me wrong. I loved it. I loved like kind of changing the game, the, like the communications and the, the PR and the media world, uh, making it more representative. But I was kind of sitting there going like, okay, yeah, like I'll probably run in a few years still, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. that, my time will come later. Um, I'm gonna like gain a, enough like world experience right now to like you know be the kind of person that understands what policies impact right and the people that policies impact and then like trump ran for office right 2016 happened um i was a delegate to the dnc in 2016 um i was a sanders delegate yeah that aged well Yes, it did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and your endorsement now? And I have endorsed Bernie Sanders for president Woo! for 2020. Yay. Hell yeah. Oh, Find that on TikTok. <laughs> Find that on TikTok. <laughs> um, I, got endorsed for, I got endorsed by people for Bernie when I ran in 2019. So I was like, nice. you know, it's like, it all comes full circle, right? Um, nice. And like at that time, I remember going to the DNC thinking, um, 
you know, like, oh my God, like we're gonna like, you know, we're gonna be we're gonna be doing some cool stuff. Like I'm probably gonna meet a bunch of people, cool people from like across the country, um, from all different walks of life. And I remember like just looking at how many people are like Muslim even, like literally in the entire country, right? We're all in one arena and we're all gathered from every state and every territory um, that we've colonized. And <laughs> and legit there was like 10 people that I ran into that were Muslim, right? And like on a like daily basis, just like walking around. I was like, there's so few of us out here. Mm -hmm. And like, that's just as Muslims, right? I was like, and so I'm like, I can't even imagine right now, like, um, you know, being from like an even more historically marginalized community, like whether you're black or whether you're Hispanic, whether like, you know, wherever you're from. And then being here and then being like, I'm the only one. Right. I'm the only one in my state. I'm the only one in my region. I'm the only one in like my entire coast, right? That's like with this background. So I was like, okay, first of all, we need to get more people involved in politics, right? So I immediately started thinking about that. Like, okay, I gotta be involved in like getting more people of color and diverse people in politics. Second of all, um, what really like pushed me even further was, um, uh, and okay, I'm gonna just like, like just mention here that this story is also used um it's the same story used by Hassan Minhaj who like has a show Patriot Act on Netflix and I, it's funny because like we both had the same story but like I didn't take it from him <laughs> so I, I, I didn't want to say it but I was having a strong he may have took it from you yeah. he might have taken it from me I did meet him there actually we did we did cross paths I did take a picture with him um I don't think he remembers me but that's fine um well, he will he, <laughs> he will, will. Yeah. one day one day I'll show him the picture um, but so the moment that really like hit me hard was hearing Bill Clinton give a speech and Bill Clinton gave this speech and I remember like so I was there for four days we hear like hundreds of speeches all these people talking about like beating Trump and like getting the first woman elected into president as a president and all this stuff like it was a big Hillary show and it was like a big anti-Trump show and then like no one was talking about like minorities as much or if they were a lot of minorities that were there as like delegates felt like it just felt like it was like a tokenization, right? They're like, oh, they're on stage, they look really pretty, but you know, we don't actually have anything here that shows they actually care about us. Like, for instance, you'll have like someone with a disability come on stage and give a speech, but then there was literally no ADA accessibility in our section and like Oof. our delegation. You had people that were like, you know, in the ADA section, but you know, had people walking around them and it was like a, ha a danger and a hazard where they were. So it was Swept like, up. clearly there's a mismatch. Um, and then I remember thinking like, there's no Muslims on stage, like where are they? And the, why are we not getting mentioned even, right? By like candidates, all these people that are up there. And then Bill Clinton gave a speech and he mentioned Muslims and I was like, yeah, right? finally and he goes Muslims I want to talk to you if you love this country then stay and fight terrorism with us Ooh. William <laughs> said that the yeah fuck? William yes and I was like my blood started boiling I was so angry and I was sitting next to two other Muslim women right and like Middle Eastern women who are also young and we're like what the heck did he just say crime bill bill Dude, that yeah. is mm -hmm. fucked up. That is, and it's, it's like unsafe to yeah. just say shit like that. Because mm -hmm. it, it it like creates this narrative of like mm -hmm. us versus them, exactly. the good ones and the bad ones, exactly. mm -hmm. right? And then also that like our only value is for national security interests mm -hmm. and foreign policy interests, and again against what ends up being against our own families and our own people and our own countries and our own backgrounds, right? Like Obama, we know for a fact that like, he wasn't perfect, right? Like he he. 
um, you know, had the most drone strikes out of any president, mm -hmm. right? And and the, like the number of drone strikes in Pakistan that targeted civilians and killed a number of civilians in, in Pakistan was unprecedented. And like we know that to be true. We know that coming from like the Democratic Party, from a Democratic mm -hmm. president. And then Bill Clinton perpetuating that was like, seriously, that's the direction we're going in. Like we're just gonna keep fighting people that are brown and that look like me. And that if and as, and like I just saw that again creating that divide. Mm -hmm. And I was like. These are people that are supposed to support me. Mm -hmm. These are people that claim to be on my side and they're supposed to be my leaders, right? So how can I trust and, and feel comforted by their leadership and by electing them into office and like his wife, right? It was difficult for me to feel that, that comfort and that, that strength. So that pushed me even further to be like, okay, and then Trump won and all that, but I was like, it's one thing for a president that I know already doesn't like me to win, mm -hmm. right? And then it's another for a president that's going to also perpetuate policies against me and my family that, you know, but also claims to be on my side. Like if she were, if Hillary were to have won or a Democratic president that also is like, you know, strong on, you know, like mm -hmm. crime or terror or this or that, it just means more people of color are gonna die. So, um, so I was like, that has to change. We need real progressive elected officials in the party internally and like in general to run for office and to like have more representation and a voice um or maybe I, a new party maybe a new party who knows who knows just checking <laughs> i love bernie though right like mm -hmm. that he's someone that i saw um and i i know has been consistent like i say all the time like he is the most consistent man that god ever created like he hasn't changed his views on like foreign policy or you know domestic or um you know economic policies for workers or anything like that over the years like we know where he's coming from we know that he'll truly advocate for people that are most marginalized like to the very end and he's building up an army of people to continue that, mm -hmm. right? And I was like, I I see that mission, I see that need, and I have to be part of that. Mm -hmm. So um, that became like my entire focus. And I was like, 2019, I'm gonna run for a local seat, and and bring that like that need for representation, that need for um, for a voice for under underrepresented and marginalized communities in you know in a place that you know where that, that toxic narrative might come up again, mm -hmm. right? It exists in the form of like NIMBYism, mm -hmm. right? At the local level. That's what racism is in local government. Yeah. We also love police here. And police, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We need more accountability in police. Like Redmond does not, not have body cams for our police officers. Like we need that, right? We need to make sure that we're, we're going through de-escalation trainings and that we're actually following through on them. Mm -hmm. We need more accountability and transparency. My... Um, one of my canvassers on my campaign uh, is a young black man who had the police called on him while he was door knocking. And it was terrible. We're lucky that the police didn't actually like come to him or approach him or find him um, because I literally don't know how that could have gone and it could have it could have gone any which way. Yeah. Um, he was okay, but I mean, it just the fact that he was, he had the police called on him because he was quote unquote acting suspicious, but also was described door knocking for a campaign. It to me is like so problematic. Uh, one of the things that, you know, going back a couple months, um, I want to take us back to election night, the first ballot drop. Yeah. And as you're like refreshing pages too, trying to see like the vote count come in. Um, can you like help describe that night and like what was going through your mind as you saw the first number, then the second number? Yeah, so our election ended up being like a month long. 
um, literally from, what was it, November 5th until December 6th. And that's when oh we finally God. got the final result was on December 6th. Like what? Hell. Yeah. Why? So we ended up going into recount, which oh, only shit. happened with three races this year. So it was, yeah, it was an adventure and a half, to say the least. But um, so where it started was on election night, November 5th, um, Actually, let me back up a little further. So I ran against a 12-year incumbent. Mm. Um, I beat and out. Heck yeah, you did! <laughs> yes. And uh, he was there for 12 years. He's like could not be more opposite of me. He's literally 50 years older than me, right? Like, um, uh, and um, basically, election night came, and you know we'd been campaigning for you know a year. Um, you know, kicked ass and door knocking and fundraising and all that. And there was like a lot of excitement and energy on election night. We felt like, you know what, like we're about to make history. Like we're about to, you know, like knock down some doors, right? Break the glass ceiling. And I was in a room um, on our election party with like a ton of our volunteers and supporters and donors. And, and like the room is so colorful and diverse and like young and old and energetic and like you know, these are people from all different walks of life who've been part of this um campaign and um we're part of the momentum and um and so like you know i like stood up there in front of everyone you know we had the like election um like p web page yeah. behind me and we were just like kept hitting refresh like every few minutes and i was just like you know basically explaining what we're about to see and you know thanking everyone and all that and so there's a lot of energy a lot of anticipation and the results dropped and we were down by 650 votes um, Wait, does, so we were down at 45 percent does redmond have districts no they're okay, all at so large they're at large yes Got it. exactly so that was we were at 45 percent on election night wait real quick how many people live in redmond Seventy thousand. Oh. but out of seventy thousand only about 30,000 are registered to vote. There we go. Because we have a huge, like, immigrant, non-citizen yep. population. Yep, got yep. it. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then, of course, only, like, half of that is actually registered, you know, actually turn out to vote, right? Mm -hmm. So 12,000 or whatever. So 650 or 45%, and it was, like, someone said that it felt like someone just sucked the life out of the room, mm -hmm. right? Like, everyone was just deflated. Um, but, like literally right alongside me I had Riel Johnson who was my campaign consultant who was on the show before um uh Nubrath Sheriff who is my uh, was my campaign manager who's 17 years yeah, old yeah yep, yep. <laughs> that's so awesome I really want you to talk about her yes I definitely your campaign will. manager 17 years old she was she's 17 wow. years old she just was remember that. In high school. next question <laughs> and and like Riel immediately was like that's okay that's okay that's okay we're gonna ballot chase all right and we're gonna catch up and we're gonna win this don't worry we can do this because you know why? Progressives vote late. Just remember that. <laughs> Ain't that the fucking truth? <laughs> and and another example why we need to get our shit together. We need to get it together. No, we got the shit together. It's just late. Just late. Causing heart attacks, though. I like yeah. that Rial was very steady, you know? Mm -hmm. He's a steady guy. Oh, yeah. He's, like, Courage optimistic, you. even... Yeah like when it's tough right mm -hmm. and i'm sitting there like this is the first time i ran i'm like this is nuts like i don't i don't know what this means he's like don't worry don't worry we'll be all right we'll be all right <laughs> um he literally started like making phone calls and like making a, a ballot chasing plan like that night right um and so that's what we did right so we basically started organizing for the next like three weeks up until we had for voter um, our like certification to just like organize to go door knocking again <laughs> do you know if yeah. your opponent was doing the same thing mm. Um, 
Yes. Um, I don't know if he himself was out there, but mm-hmm. I I did hear that there were like lit pieces um, out there, like you know, for uh, from other people. I mean, I think the. We, like I heard it was from the Republicans, right? From like the Washington State Republicans or mm-hmm. King County Republicans or something like that. That was part of it. Um, and he was like supported by them, endorsed by them. Mm-hmm. Gross. So yeah. So there's but you don't think he was door knocking? I don't know. I really he was, like, don't know. Hiding in a cave with what's what's AOC's person? He she be Crowley? Uh, yeah, Crowley. <laughs> yeah, they're all like at a bar somewhere, pissed off. <laughs> Or chilling. I mean, he was comfortable, right? Sure, like, sure, right for right, the right. entire year, he thought he had it in the bag. Because he's like, I've been here 12 years. Like, this girl's like 24. Like, what's she going to do? Take me out, right? Like, you know, cut out his retirement pension that he's getting from being on city council? Like, no. So every night after that, what ended up happening was, like, we started, like, recruiting people, getting ballot chasing in t- into place. And then every night we're watching the results come in. And at 6 p.m. every night, we saw our numbers go up. And every single night we were um, beating him and the number of votes that we were getting. And so every night we were just like catching up, like 100 votes, 200 votes, 300 votes. And then like five days later, like Friday night, we get two ballot drops. And the first one in the afternoon, I was sitting with my campaign team. We were all like gathered talking about ballot chasing plans. And the results dropped. And we were down by only like 47 votes. Oh my oh god! And we're like, oh holy crap! Like we have a shot. Like mm-hmm. we can actually win this. And that's such a tangible number. What day was this? Oh yeah, like you know, this 47 was Friday. People. This is like yeah. fourth yeah. and fifth drop, right? This is About? like yeah. fourth drop. So yeah. Tuesday night was like the fifth. Right? So it was like the sixth, seventh, eighth. Mm. Yeah, by the eighth, so by Friday, and then 6 p.m. was the like final drop for the for the week. And like my whole family was gathered, right? And like I don't know if you saw the video, but it was I like did yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. I, was, so I was wondering so when the video happened. I was like, when does this video night. happen? Yep. So that night, um, you know, we were all getting ready. My family was there, and then like Rial was on his way, and he's like, "Don't check the results until I get there, right?" And he's like driving through the rain, like hustling, and then he opened, like I open the door, he gets to the door, and he's like, he has like tears in his eyes, and he's like, "Do you want to know?" And I was like, "No, don't oh tell me. Yet. Come upstairs. Come upstairs." But he has like, tears oh in his oh my gosh he was amazing and so like he just had his camera on and we're like we just you know i like typed in like the election web page put it on and just like the minute i saw that we were up by 19 like we all just started screaming oh our heads God, off we're like holy crap <laughs> 19 <laughs> 19 votes what was and that was the final margin no the final margin was 66 Woo. Right, yeah. right, because, because this is not this is a friday night drop the last mm-hmm. drop of the week you're mm-hmm. up 19 but it's mm-hmm. a still close enough where there needs to be a recount exactly and b there's more ballots drop exactly more drops coming more drops are coming exactly and at that point it was like Oh my God! Okay, so we've taken the lead. We came back from you know forty-five points, right? Forty-five percent, five points behind, and now we have to get out of half of one percent, like zero point zero five percent, to stay out of a recount, mm-hmm. and then just like have our election be certified with everyone else. Mm-hmm. So that's when our ballot chasing really like yeah. ramped up, right? Mm-hmm. We're like, we got to get like individual votes and so for us like that number kept changing every day as new ballots were being like added to the count um and every day it was like one vote two votes like oh five votes God. three votes two votes right we go up and down like every other day so wait i i just heard that part before that though you're 24 years old yes with a 17 year old campaign manager yes <laughs> you with the truth 
<laughs> Tell <laughs> us the origin story of such yeah. great partnership. <laughs> the origin story. Yeah, how, does, how does a 24-year-old run for office in a place like Redmond? Um, 24 years old, running in the city of Redmond. I So I grew up like in and around Redmond, like in the east side. Um, and I feel like as... Um, like a person of color, as a young, like you know, Muslim woman growing up in the East Side, um, I think there's a lot of stereotypes um, and like, um, pr- like I think there's like a narrative around like who people in the East Side are, and a lot of that's true. Don't get me wrong, right? Like, like Redmond's air, um, area median income is a hundred and five thousand dollars. Like, that's our median, right? That's, that's more than ours. Wild. Oh, it is. Oh, it By is. By like yeah. ten grand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really high, right? And so, God damn it, by ten grand! <laughs> Holy shit! I know Seattle's like ninety six. Yeah, we're we shit. We're, all right. we're all it's trash. High. It's high. Anyway, it's it's gone up. So, so basically, like, what I wanted to do is um, really allow for the East Side to be more inclusive, right? And like, we've seen um, like the number of like, like just the amount of diversity increase in the East Side thanks to Microsoft or tech or whatever, we have a lot of immigrants, right, first generation, um, and a lot who look like me, thankfully, which is not common, right, seeing a lot of brown people in one place. Um, we're now majority minority city, um, at 52% minority. But um, as for people who are, you know, low, who are making less than $105,000, it's so hard to live in Redmond. It's so hard to live in the East Side. And, um, and so to me, like everything that I've done in my work and like in my education to this date um, just led me to want to like bring like bring home that inclusivity in in a place that I call home right I want to feel proud of um, you know an area that's not exclusive that's not just becoming this like technocratic you know um, you know city because we don't really have gentrification the way that Seattle does or like the South End does right because it's already been pretty white but it's exclusive because of wealth right the wealth disparity Mm -hmm. so you know for instance like if you're a teacher that's teaching in Redmond you probably can't afford to live there. Um, but unless you've lived there for generations before, or you know, decades before, um, then you're probably living in the same place and have a hard time being able to move out, actually, and find a new place to live. Um, you know, if you're a firefighter or a police officer, or if you're you know, working in uh, hospitality or retail, you just can't afford to live there. So that's like goal number one is like, I want to make Redmond more affordable, more inclusive, more welcoming. Um, And then also like make City Hall match the city because the city, like I said, it's a majority minority city now, it's 52% minority, but City Hall had only elected its first ever person of color two years ago. Whoa. Oh my God. Yeah. So I was like, okay, let's let's bring in the color, right? Let's bring yeah. in that those voices. And not only just through the elected officials, but through the people that get involved, right? I want to get more people that are from the community um, and that are more disproportionately impacted in the community um, involved in campaigning. So I made sure, I made a point that my campaign was diverse, was young, was representative of the community. Um, and that represents like all like um, people across the economic spectrum, across the, um, you know, uh, like uh, immigration status spectrum across the you know religious spectrum like 
everywhere in every way that I could possibly bring people in. So that's how I got my 17 year old campaign manager was because I wanted to bring in someone who is young, who is energetic, who's passionate and who can use this experience to leverage for their own growth exactly. and their own future. And that stuff opens up doors forever. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I mean imagine being a campaign manager and winning at 17 years old like Shoot, you're Wild. sad. <laughs> so, so I know some 40-year-olds never won yet. <laughs> exactly, oh. exactly, right? And it was like, even if we didn't win, like, it's huge, right? This is a historic what? election. Mm-hmm. I want them to feel like they're part of something bigger. Mm-hmm. So um, Navrath had already been on three campaigns before me, not as a campaign manager, but, like, as a volunteer, as, like, a staff member. Who? Nebrath, my oh, campaign, your, your manager. campaign manager. Yeah. Three campaigns before that? Mm-hmm. Holy Damn. shit. Like 12 year old running like a bomb. Oh, with the clipboard. Damn. No, her campaign manager was a kid president. <laughs> oh, I missed that kid. <laughs> Yeah, she was already rocking it, That's and awesome. like, and she has her own nonprofit organization um, called Kits for Peace, where she creates um, these like um, these kits that are made up of like hygiene um, items, like toothbrushes, God you know, damn. pads, tampons, and actually then um, distributes them to people who are facing homelessness. And works with her parents' nonprofit as well that is like provides emergency services in Redmond to people who are facing homelessness. And so like, she comes from that background and is like has been on the ground right has seen that disproportionality impact our community so i was like i need her right i need her perspective because she knows she knows who needs it the most you know she knows who's who to involve she knows how to reach out to those people and she knows how to be compassionate right and that's the kind of leadership that we need that's the kind of passion that we need to drive our elections and our government Mm -hmm. so yeah you have a lot of youth volunteers too from high schools so many oh my gosh so many where did you hit it first because I'm asking that because uh, as we've seen, like, always making a face. I always make a face. <laughs> uh, um, uh, oh, shit. So, I mean, like you're the incumbent that you're against. Mm-hmm. Um, usually people that get voted into are much older. And by that time, you already have a lot of established connections. Mm-hmm. You've moved through many careers. You've met so many people. So reaching out for fundraising per se is much easier right Mm -hmm, because you've already walked so many steps right yeah for someone that's 24 how how did you do it like where where did you where did you go Mm -hmm. who's your community already like is your family pretty well involved Mm -hmm. with with the community etc yeah that's a great question um so Working, so I was working in nonprofit right before, and specifically I was a director of a political action committee for uh, One America, which are oh, One nice. America Votes, oh, right? Yeah. So it sounds like y'all are familiar, but for those who don't know, it was um, it's the largest immigrant advocacy organization in Washington State, founded Hell by yeah, yeah, founded by Congresswoman Pramila Jayapal um, before she was Congresswoman Pr- Pramila Jayapal, and so like basically my work then was to build power for immigrants and refugees in Washington State politically by creating a pipeline for immigrants to run for office and to also support um, elected officials and candidates to also support immigrant communities that they're going to be representing and supporting and then just like give them everything they need to succeed right give them resources give them money just like pump money in um, you know bring community get volunteers get or you know people organized to help those candidates succeed um, because we really need to get that type of support and infrastructure in place she stole the list Myra yeah <laughs> I stole the list no she said she's a director I know I'm just kidding jeez you're fake I music over here <laughs> you made the list yeah, 
<laughs> she has photographic memory. <laughs> She's got receipts. Receipts. It's awesome. Yeah. So basically, taking those skills, then right, I did a little bit of that fundraising for other candidates, and then was like. All right, I can I can do this for myself, right? And so just like starting off with the people that are closest to me, um, you know, asking them for their support, asking for their help, and then just like broadening my circle, um, and then meeting people that are in the community that are already active, um, you know, whether they're already involved in like city hall, right, or like volunteers in city hall, or just have the connections, um, and just you know, like not only selling myself, but then like kind of doing a little bit of give and take of like, hey, like I'm running, um, I want you to get to know me and what I might bring to the city, but more importantly, like I wanna know from you what you wanna see in the city, and then how can I help you in that sense? So I really like did this whole thing when I first started of just like, I made it a point to meet as many people as I could. And what I did was like, I'd meet someone and say, um, you know, basically try to like understand them, understand their needs, and, um, and then ask them, to name five people that I should meet, um, that they think I should meet. And so that was actually a tip I learned in journalism, because I That's college admin. That's A C to B, student government. Yeah. I, mean, I can say that could breakers. fit like scammers, yeah. too. <laughs> Ponzi scheme? Did, did you serious. get support from um, other women of color who were already elected or? Oh my gosh, yes. Oh my God, I did. Honestly, like, if there's anyone that knows how to like break these barriers and these like systemic barriers, it's like women of color and the women of color that we've elected in office right now um, because they're trailblazers and they're pulling up people after them, right? Mm -hmm. So Rebecca Saldana, Senator Rebecca Saldana was like hugely helpful, supportive, like not only just in like connecting me and becoming a resource, but like like going beyond and seeing through like what we need and like providing that like self-care kind of support too and like the community oh, yeah. support yeah, she's dope For oh sure. my gosh she's like amazing um she hosted an event with a bunch of like women of color candidates and we like not only just got to know each other but like it was an event where we like had a woman who like led this circle where we felt our own power and like defined our own power and our own strength and just like you know like detox and then did some salsa dancing that's like, so great you know just to like shake away all that stress yeah, from the campaigning yeah. like i walked away from that because i was like i was like in tears because i was like i just had the most stressful week because of fundraising because of like a bunch of things i'd been told on the campaign and then like got to literally just breathe for a minute and i was like i needed this more than anything right like that meant more to me than like a hundred dollar donation at that point in time mm -hmm. so yeah i mean like a ton of support from other women of color elected officials. That's great. For sure. You yeah. want to rank them? In, 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 <laughs> top five, go. Top five in, in wolfness. Oh my God. Oh, you're going to make me do that. No. Oh, no. That's, that's, you that, can say no oh. to anything we ask. Gosh. So, so 24 years old, your campaign obviously probably was a little cooler than the old dude's campaign, right? Oh, so much cooler. Yeah. Oh, he never campaigned. Like ever in twelve years. How much did you lean into that like Gen Z cusp millennial probably lean towards Gen Z yeah. energy, you know? Like did you embrace that you were twenty four years old and you knew that was gonna come up a lot on mm -hmm. the campaign trail? Mm -hmm. Or did you try to like you have to always kinda figure out what the balance is, you know? Yeah. Um You weren't like, I'm twenty four, but I'm actually an old soul. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. I never use the word old soul. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. That's a good question though, Day. That's a good because I'm sure you were anticipating experiencing a lot of ageism. So mm -hmm. did you like what was your offense and defense around that? Yeah, Football. I you kinda have to you do have to do a little bit of both. I mean in the sense that like I'm not gonna say I'm an old soul. Right. <laughs> 
I'm not going to say it, but um, I think I, I do understand, like I've been in spaces for years. I've been around like adults and like people that were my elders for like pretty much my whole life. So I, like I understand how they talk, what they need. Like I know how to have a level-headed conversation um, with people that are 50 years older than me. Um, you were intergenerational already. Y- yeah, I yeah. guess. <laughs> you weren't an old soul, but... You knew how to talk to the old people. You're a wise soul. Intergenerational soul. I'll take that Patient. one. Yeah. <laughs> so it helps, right? It helped to have that like level of maturity um, to like earn the respect, right, of people that are a lot older than me. Um, and because right before that, my job was I was the only young person in a room, at, like running a board of people that are 50 years older than me and that are almost all male. So I had to direct people that are literally my parents' age, mm-hmm. right? So I, I've kind of figured out how to do that. But then also, I mean, like when it came to campaign, like door knocking and like on our our, campa- our canvassing days, um, you know, we'd have like 20 high schoolers, right? And like maybe three or four of like my friends that are in their mid 20s, and legit like these kids would be out with my friends making TikToks, like, and trillers, right? Like, while they're, like, posting yard signs and, like, out knocking on doors. And so, like, that was fun, right? It was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun with it. And, like, we made it exciting. We made it energetic because of that. Um, And I wanted to bring that level of energy to, like, something that a lot of people have never experienced before, and especially young people. Like, I want them to have good memories Mm -hmm. of this campaign so that, you know, the next time there's an election or just like as they grow up, that they feel like that's what's natural to them and what's fun to them. They'll, they'll gravitate towards it. A couple people here don't know what Triller is, but won't admit it. Don't worry. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I, okay, I, heard, I made a mental note and I was going to Google Triller it later. <laughs> I genuinely was like, will it be funny if I stop the conversation? <laughs> <laughs> that's the face you got from Triller. Did you mean Trillion? And, yeah. I, and I'm not gonna lie. I really wanted to ask you that question too because uh, you're. I um, looked up your Instagram, did some research, and your last caption on your last post was, "Hey, we finesse this city council seat." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought that was fucking epic. That was great. <laughs> that is really good. Legit, like that's how I felt walking out of the. Like, I mean, you city truly did. Finesse yeah, it. You I, think like, about it. <laughs> it's funny because I feel like, I like I like I won. And then it was funny, I was like sitting with my husband the next day and he's like, he just started laughing. He's like, bro, you are 24 years old and you're going to run a city. <laughs> like, you just finessed. <laughs> All these fucking other 24 year olds are playing city skylines and she's like, it's my city. making city skylines. Hey. 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 I just, I'm a little worried as a fellow brown girl because I feel like the auntie bar is gonna get set so high now. (laughs) That's good. That's good. That's good. Now you're a council member. I can just feel the auntie's uh, gaze. Impressive. (laughs) coming in on all of us. (laughs) I'm sorry. for everyone for every you know young like desi girl or like you know immigrant girl right now but at the same time it's like if if the aunties feel like they expect their daughters or like all the girls in their community to be politicians when they grow up i'm fine with that i'm fine with this too i'm so fine with that like live your own life go be a leader go take power that's what you deserve what was it like being a young person with like you know growing i would say running in redmond like was there auntie politics? Was there uncle politics? <laughs> you know? Because I want to know. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was. Um, and, you know, it's interesting because, like, when you're, when you're from an immigrant community, you have to... 
um, you live like almost multiple lives in mm-hmm. a way, right? Mm-hmm. And you like you code switch so much, um, and you just have to like know everyone's like mentality at yeah. every time, right? And like understand like the different rules and the customs. So like yeah, definitely like within um, like a lot of like the immigrant community that like I've grown up in, especially in the East Side, it's like you know elders demand a level of respect, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it like I've grown up. Um, valuing as well too Mm -hmm. like I definitely value that level of respect to elders Um, you know where you know you treat them kindly you take care of them and you give them attention and care and love Um, but what ends up happening as a result of that as well is like when you're young Mm -hmm. and you're and you're vying for power frankly like Mm -hmm. that to me is when you start to notice that people will tell you to like stay in your lane and that's that's kind of like across communities but Mm -hmm. definitely like within my own I felt that Mm -hmm. where like um and and it comes from a place of like okay well you're young so do what young people do but then also like uh, a place of of pain because you know our elders are especially like first generation immigrants I'm second generation but first generation immigrants especially who've like been here for 20 or 30 or 40 however many years have had to struggle a lot right mm-hmm. just to survive yeah. right they had to like start a new life they've come from literally nothing or from loss and trauma and are just trying to survive and a lot of times like you know they might have tried to actually yeah. vie for power yep. themselves yeah. right yeah. and I yeah. know of a number of uncles right like like um, immigrant, you know, men who ran for office mm-hmm. and didn't win, um, and so there's a feeling of loss that's just like embedded, right, in our yeah. communities where it's like, you know, it's hard. Mm-hmm. We try, like, like we feel the powers above us, or we feel the systemic oppression, and then when we try to change it, we don't get it, right? Mm-hmm. And so now here I am, like half their age, their children's age, being like, okay, I know I'm gonna try, yeah. and they're like, they're, listen, it's like they're trying to save you trouble. And they're like, no, 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 we've tried it before, like. become a lawyer instead or you know something like that well yeah and like the way that i got that was like i'd host a fundraiser or someone host a fundraiser and like an uncle would come up to me after or like you know after the fundraising's happened and like they didn't donate but they'll come up to me and be like you know next time Mm -hmm. you know better you know this will be a good learning experience for you Mm -hmm. but like next time yeah and i'm like no 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 uncle like there's no next time (laughs) (laughs) i need your money now yeah (laughs) i need your help now right don't don't count on a next time don't count on don't count me out because yeah. I got counted out from people like, you know, just amongst the, like the establishment of the political world in Redmond and in the east side. And then I got counted out from my own community at times. Right. right? And so like right. having to push through that and like prove myself like mm-hmm. to every single person was what I had to do. Right. I had to show like I had to succeed mm-hmm. in every way to get their respect mm-hmm. um, yeah. just to get donations. For instance, um, I had to show that I'm out fundraising my opponent by like five times or three times like I raised forty thousand dollars by the end of my campaign um in December because my campaign went to December but I I raised forty thousand dollars and that was more than any city council member raised at all and probably ever in the history of Redmond actually congratulations thank you do you know what the average donation was or Uh, of my campaign Uh, it was a hundred and fourteen dollars wow. something oh, wow. like that That's and oh my gosh like we had people donating like as little as three dollars or two dollars and fifty cents mm-hmm. um you know and there are people that are like i can only give five dollars this is all i can afford but i want to see you win mm-hmm. um and then there are people that were like look like i'm i'm willing to like organize with other progressive people who want to see uh progressive women of color win and so there's literally like organizations i've been started here um 
in partnership with Amplify and like One America Votes, there's um, First Mile Project, mm -hmm. um, and they donated like thousands of dollars to a bunch of progressive candidates across the region. And so they pumped in $4,000 to me, literally, or a little less than 4,000, literally from individuals, a bunch of individuals who donated like $50, $20, $100, $200, $500. Like it was like a whole like, you know, like an army of people that were donating. And so really it was like, I wanted a grassroots movement, and that's really what it became in the end. Like that's it awesome. took people from all walks of life, people donating as little as they could, as much as they could, um, from within the city and outside of it. And like because it was such a, a challenging and a historic race, we mm. caught attention from across the country. I mean, we really did. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Linda Sarsour, but she's like a Palestinian woman, like mm -hmm. activist in New York, um, who's unfortunately been become controversial. But um, I think she's like a you know badass Palestinian American organizer, huge Bernie supporter. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, hundred percent, huge Bernie supporter, and I think she's a surrogate, in fact. And like she, like we posted a picture, and she had an ask on there. She's like, okay, guys, twenty five hundred dollars. Can you guys raise this? And in twenty four hours, we raised three thousand dollars. And these are people from New York wow. and like North Carolina who were. And then they would make phone calls. They were messaging me on Facebook, being like, I want to make phone calls for you. Tell me how to do it. And so by the end of our campaign, when we were doing phone calls, literally, I had people in New York and in Texas who I'd never met or heard of in my life who were making phone calls people for my campaign. People are so fired up right now yeah. about yeah. flipping. Mm -hmm local hyper local elections and of course yeah. the senate but that's great to see yeah. so your campaign was really intergenerational it's super awesome yeah um redmond is also really racially and ethnically diverse so mm -hmm. what was it like organizing within communities of color yeah it was um so i would say the majority of our campaign was made up of people of color um and minorities like it was like to the point where like me and my campaign manager were like like recognizing that we don't have white people on our campaign. <laughs> That's how you know like, there's a good. problem. It's like, wait, should we pick up a couple white people? <laughs> should we go to the Trader Joe's? Spec just raises and hand. grab a couple. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh my gosh, like it, we need diversity, but like mm. diversity for us is white people. <laughs> like, yeah. But we're like, it's a I good problem, I guess, problem. you know. So, like, our field director ended up being, like, a young white guy who also, like, grew up in Redmond, and he was great, um, but, like, that it, it, that's what it took, right? It was, like, it just took a person of color who a bunch of people believed in and whose, like, mission and values that they believed in to actually step up and, like, do something that was out of their comfort zone, really. So do you feel like your campaign was effective in then organizing interracially and interethnically in Redmond? Yeah, Can absolutely. Can you describe what that has looked like then and what the process was on the campaign? Yeah, so basically, like, um, it started with, it started with, like, fundraising. That was the first thing that I had to do. Um, before I could do anything else, I had to raise money. And I remember posting on Facebook the night that I had, like, announced that I'm running right before I'd filed, or right after I'd filed to run, and raised $10,000 within two days. And so all those people who were so pumped, like, right out the gate, I was like, y'all are coming along for the ride, all right? Like, you donated money. This is awesome. Like, that's the first step. This is huge. Thank you so much. And now I need your help, right? I need you to show up. I need you to come. And so we would just, like, start hosting events. And I, like, friends that I would never have expected to mm. show up would start showing up with their whole families, right? Or, like, my mom's friends would show up with their kids who were, like, in high school and middle school and, like, you know, who I've seen as, like, in their diapers. And now they're like, yeah, I want to 
campaign for you and then they would bring their friends right and so it just kind of spread out that way like it started with my network my close circle mm -hmm. and then it just started spreading and the next thing you know like there were young people who were like friends of friends of friends were showing up from like Everett right or showing up from other cities and and volunteering de dedicating their time um, and that and I would say at the the very end of it like um, you know it was my friends and the people that like who would join onto the campaign or just like um, signed up for my emails and like start, like join the Facebook page and whatever, um, who never had a chance to actually help because they were you know it's for people like I said like for a lot of people elections are a new thing especially among like communities of color and like progressives like um, at least like in the East Side it's a very new thing for us to get involved in Seattle I feel like people are pretty experienced and like know what's going on to a degree um, but I was like all right guys like this is your last chance we have two weeks before the election I need to help now more than ever okay like we you know we have a big uphill battle I need you guys to make phone calls and I'm gonna make it as easy as possible for you because people were like oh I can't show up for a canvas I can't spend two or three hours I was like, okay fine like I just started telling people just sit in your PJs on your couch and I'll give you a list of phone numbers and just make some calls and if you don't want to talk on the phone because you have anxiety or anything like that then here's a number to text people right here's a link to just send text messages and like you can literally do that in 30 minutes or an hour and people were signing up like in, like just like hotcakes right like I was selling hotcakes like literally had 70 people making phone calls and sending text messages in a span of like two days and and like that's what it took it just took like making it more and more and more accessible for people to get involved for sure. For sure. and like increasing the impact and telling them like look like this is what your your donations or like what your phone calls are gonna do right now and this is why we need it and literally you don't have to go anywhere or do anything that's like out of your comfort zone so um it was just like making that accessibility and that comfort level better for for a community that has never done something like this before so as a seattleite i have a confession i don't know a lot about like Redmond politics or like East Side politics. That's okay. Um, I forgive you. <laughs> thank you. But like, you know, Seattle, I feel like, gets a lot of like the glitz and the glamour and a lot of the heat for the good things and the bad things that we do. Um, does that bleed over to the East Side? Like, do those mm. issues, like, you know, I think about the, the debate over um, the progressive tax of last year. Like, mm -hmm. did that affect your race at all? Like, you know, mm -hmm. Did that stir up conversations about revenue sources and things like that amongst your voters? Yeah, so I'm gonna start. I'm gonna. That's a great question. I'm gonna start by answering by saying, the first thing that I was told when I was talking to people about running was, um, "Don't bring Seattle politics into Redmond." Yeah, they hate Shama. Okay, boomers. <laughs> oh yeah, and that's exactly what they mean, right? They mean Shama Sawan. Yeah, they mean yeah. socialism, right? Yeah, they they yeah. mean taxes, head taxes, things like that. But I, what they don't realize is by saying don't bring Seattle politics to Redmond, they're actually being racist. Because that yeah. comment has only ever been made to people of color that have run on the east side. Um, yep. uh, Jeremy Barksdale, who is now a city council member in Bellevue, got that. Um, Manga Dingra, right, 45th LD um, senator, got that. Like, it is so commonly told towards people of color that run and progressive people of color that run um, that it's meant to kind of be this, like, scare tactic. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Don't don't bring that like that mess yeah. into our comfortable wonderful mm. white upper class mm. you know suburbia 
Um, and before I even talk about like what my policies and like what my stance is and like how that affected me, mm. I want to point out that the Seattle, quote unquote, Seattle politics of like the Ari Hoffman's, right? The safe Seattle's, the like um, the the Amazon and then like, you know, Chamber of Commerce, yeah, yeah. all of that has already made its way into the east side well before anyone that was progressive or socialist made their way onto any elected position mm. ever the money that's coming from amazon that's coming from microsoft that's coming from like all these like you know companies um bellevue chamber of commerce is very strong right seattle's obviously is very strong and that money ended up trickling into my race where my opponent really? yeah my opponent got funded by an organization called the east side business alliance which is uh, just like a, a business pack, right? So Eastside Business Alliance, their number one donor is Amazon. Amazon put in $20,000 into the EBA this year, and my opponent took $1,000 from the EBA, um, and that EBA ended up spending that money obviously in giving him a thousand dollars in cash and then also in putting out ads for him, actually. There were a ton of online ads for him. Um, and so that's already there, right? We have Microsoft there, but I would say like Microsoft kind of tends to be in and out of those circles. They kind of do their own thing and have their own effects in their own world. They're like, we're <coughs> our own country. Kind of <laughs> we just happen to be in Redmond. <laughs> I mean, they probably do have a Redmond GDP more. Like, they probably <laughs> no. have more money than some countries, most of the country's GDP out there, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. So, so that's there, right? Um, what you're seeing now, yes, is a resistance to that because what we're seeing obviously mm -hmm. is that like disproportionality of you know wealth, of income, of housing being impacted because of that concentration of um, corporate wealth in the East Side, and as it's flowing between Seattle and the East Side and other parts of our region. So, someone like me. Um, it comes in and is like, I'm gonna reject all corporate, all corporate PAC money, right? And I did, like I didn't take a single dollar from corporate PACs um, and, and developers. I made a point to say like, I'm not taking money from developers either. And you know, basically what that meant was like, oh, now I'm, I'm shaking things up, right? I'm changing that, that, that norm, that establishment system of the east side of Redmond and people are unhappy with that. I've been called like an extremist because of that and I'm like, Oh my god. Oh, I want housing. I'm sorry, that's so extreme. Like <laughs> there's a lot of people that can't afford to live. Like is that really so extreme, right? Um so so that's what I had to face, right? And by saying that, you know, by rejecting that that type of elections, by rejecting that type of of politics, um and saying that like yes, like, you know, um, we want more progressive policies, we want more accountability, we want a more transparent government, an ethical government that's separate from corporate, you know, interests, um, whether that's through campaigning or whether that's through our policy making, is really what we want. And I think the east side is starting to change a little bit now because of that. I think Redmond especially, we um, are now a more progressive council than ever before. Um, five out of seven of us are also women. And Bruh! yeah, it's huge, right? So we're, we're actually changing the game now. And, um, and so I think what you can expect to see now is more of that like responsible policy making um, from the east side. And you're cool. also going to hear cool, the cool, attacks cool. of like, oh, that's, this is Seattle politics in the east side, which is BS to me because it's already been there, right? That right, like Seattle right. impact has already been there through corporate, corporate money and corporations, corporate involvement in politics. Yeah. I just really want to know what, um, what policy you're really excited about. In, that's rooted in kind of this conversation. Like, what are you excited to shake up now that you're 
on the city council? Yeah. Um, so I ran on bringing a Green New Deal to mm-hmm. Redmond. Yes! Yeah. I was like, all right, we got to bring this to our city. You and AOC both have the round glasses. Oh my gosh, yeah. I see you. Yes, yes, <laughs> I see yes. You. I'm like in my like AOC spirit right now. Like, <laughs> I love her. Um, so Green New Deal, because I was like, all right, Congress isn't going to do it anytime soon. So like, this is what we got to do, right? Like we got to step it up at the local level, at the state level. Um, and so that's what we're kind of, we're working on right now. Like we have, like, I would say like the majority of us on city council are like very pro environment. Mm -hmm. So you're, I, I would say expect that, like expect a lot of environmental policies coming out of Redmond. Coming for us. Yeah. And like, you know, we really want to be that like, you know, bold, creative, like, you know, leader in that sense. Cause you know, I think as like a mid-sized city, we can take a lot of risks. We can do, you know, like new things. We can try new things. You guys go to REI, you're big. So the population of 70,000, would you call that big? Seattle is a lot smaller than I thought it was. 700,000 about. Yeah. This feels definitely like at least a million. Yeah. Are your utilities in, in public control? Like, does the city of Redmond own a power grid and energy mm-hmm. sources? And- so everything is like PSE. Okay, nerd. Right? Like, <laughs> no, that's a great question. I mean, it's, it is. I mean, it's you nerd. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> Tiona. Tiona. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we were still on video. <laughs> she went to Evergreen. Wow! I'm just asking. I'm just asking. I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. It's a good question. Is your shame. mother born? Oh my god! <laughs> this is a socialist question. It was. It, it was, was a, a good a question. A socialist leading an question. Ass. What? Go, okay. Going back to the PC. Um, PSE. 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 Yes. Puget Sound Energy. Yeah. Um, so that's where our like our energy is coming from right now. Um, and so, like, what we know at this point in time is like our state, with Governor Inslee's you know mandate that was signed last year, is um, you know we're moving towards quote unquote like cleaner energy, right? But that still means natural gas. Um, and so you know. PSE is like moving that direction now. And so like for trying to reduce carbon emissions by 2030, which is like, you know, I think a a goal that a lot of us are trying to achieve, like Bernie Sanders talks about trying to achieve that as his goal. A lot of scientists are as well. Um, You know, taking that like kind of first step, um, it's definitely a lot slower than I think a lot of like progressives want to see. Right. And so that's 2030 is slower than people want to see. No, no, no. Like, so, so the current trajectory that we have to move towards green energy and renewable energy is a Mm -hmm. lot slower than a lot of progressives want. Right. Because we're like still moving to natural gas, like LNG, and then we're going to like slowly step by step move towards like hundred percent renewable. Um, we're not going like full on renewable yet. Um, and so, like, and so there's like pros and cons to that, and I get that. Um, but I think right now there's conversation about like pushing for alternative energy and alternative like you know companies and like organizations that are trying right. to come up to bring in more to like force PSE especially to like bring in more renewable energy, right? Like rely on wind, rely on solar, rely on like all these other renewable energy sources that we have in Washington state. Um, and like, that's not really gonna happen until we have that like grassroots, like, you know, that 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 support and that push, right? From community and from, from people that are living and that rely on energy, right? So, um, so I think that's 
going to be a conversation you're going to hear a lot more of over the next few years um, is like pressure put on like PSE on our state and like our energy sources to um, to just be renewable a lot faster. Mm. So you've yeah. been in office for like a month, right? You got sworn in like a month I, ago. I got sworn in a month ago. My term technically started January first. Did you really like rock into City Hall? Did I Millie rock into City Hall? <laughs> I did not Millie rock into City Hall, but I I would have loved to have come in like on an elephant, like on yes. a like <laughs> with like um on like a palanquin, right? Yep. Like you know, like what we call like a dolly. Throwing mangoes at white people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like make into like a Bollywood scene, right? Yes. So I actually I I dressed up in cultural attire for my swearing oh, in yeah. ceremony. Awesome. Um, and like Pakistani clothing, I wore this like gorgeous shawl that my mother-in-law had made for me a while back and like um and i really wanted to show my like my true like culture right the, where my yeah. parents come from and to honor that heritage and 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 the community that lives where i live right i think it's important sure. to be like unapologetically transparent and be un- unapologetically yeah. who we are so yeah. it's not boring yet it's not boring yet it's yeah. it's like it's a lot yeah it's a lot I is mean, it full-time it's part-time Oof. yeah so. oh interesting so redmond city council is it Pretty much all city councils and are part-time. And do you have staff? I don't have staff. Yeah. Wow. So that's a major lift. So here's how it works, right? So we're considered like a mayor council form of government with yeah. a like strong mayor is what they call it. And mm-hmm. so basically it means that, you know, you're, the mayor um, basically is in charge of the staff of the city and then we're just council like we're just the seven of us and so mm-hmm. we you know approve of policies we push for policies we um you mm-hmm. know advise on policies um but staff does like the research and all of that and they're under the mayor's office mm-hmm. so um so yeah we don't have our own like interns or staff or anything like that right, right. but we are like we're like connected with like the mayor's staff in that way so it's like kind of an interesting system of checks and balances where it's like yeah we're checks and balances on each other but then also we rely on each other right Mm. like it's kind of it's kind of interesting so i'm like navigating through that world right now of like what does it mean to be an elected official in like the legislative branch of a city that relies on the executive right and like where can i like like not like as an individual but like as a council find our own identity because we actually have this like very proactive like ambitious council mm-hmm. that's like we're all like yeah green like you know we want green policy like we want a green new deal like we want all these things mm-hmm. um but like how do we push to get those things done um one of the things we talked about over the last like year is a plastic bag ban yeah. right mm-hmm. for instance and that's like one policy for instance so how do you you know how do we go from like initially we had like three council members supporting it like a year or two ago to now like possibly five possibly six right like there's a lot of momentum and basically like um a lot of us especially us new council members there's three of us that are new this year um and we're basically now trying to actually like change the norms of the city like change the rules like the way things have functioned for years that um basically was meant to operate by for people who are on council um who just didn't really like push as hard right or weren't like trying to bring systemic change but were just like cruising along and I mean, really, it was just run by old white men, right? Like, mm-hmm. it was an old boys club before. Now you have moms on council. Now you have, like, millennials on council. You have brown people on council who are like, look, we, we recognize that there's people that have been left out in mm-hmm. our policymaking, our decision-making. And, like, we, in order to bring them in, 
like for instance the moms that are on city council who have like young children um maybe we need to change the times of council right so they can bring their kids maybe we need to have childcare, right mm-hmm. we should have like child care for for moms to be able to yep. come and attend council meetings be part of their government whether they're in office or they're just residents and they want to have a say and be involved um you know maybe um so that's what we're working on right now i think that's like the first step that we're figuring out is like as we're navigating this like new world of like you know what local government is it's also kind of shaking things up to Mm -hmm. be like look we're here but also like recognize that because we're here and we're coming with like whole communities behind us um that it you know we have to have a a, at least a slightly different system Mm -hmm. to make sure that you know we're actually being representative the way we're supposed to so yeah are you guys all are you on the same budget cycle as the city of seattle too Every two years? Yeah. Yeah, possibly. Are they approving their budget this year? Yes. They just did. Okay, so we... We're about to. About to. The process starts in the fall. In the fall. Okay, yeah, so us too. Yeah, we we approve it end of this year. And the mayor is probably on the same election cycle as the city of Seattle mayor? Uh, No. Uh, Our mayor just got elected this year. Oh, Mm -hmm. interesting. Just did. So it was like every... They're like flipped Mm -hmm. every couple years. Do you like the mayor? Yeah, she's cool. She's really cool. Um, she's not our first female mayor, but mm-hmm. like she's definitely like young. She's also a mom. Like she's like more progressive than what we've seen like in the past, especially like she's like a huge advocate for communities of color, for like you know working communities, for lower income communities, for um, you know just for for like people across the spectrum. I would, like I think it's I think like I'm really excited about the direction that we're going to go in um just because there's like such a new energy um to just like change the status quo right and to like fight the kind of like old boys club mentality of how local government has worked before that complacency that like comfort that privilege um and just to like challenge all that just Mm -hmm. say like you know we're done with this we're we're changing it up yeah can we do daddy daddy father Mm -hmm. so daddy daddy father okay wait can i do the names you explain yeah. Okay. <laughs> Do you already have the names? Okay. You have yeah. the names? I you have, have to remind too. me how this but works. I like I listened to an episode, yeah, but I don't remember. Okay, so okay. Zaddy Daddy Father. Zaddy is top tier, like ooh yummy, fine, like delicious. Beaver yummy twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Beaver <laughs> yummy. Ooh. Ooh. I just cringed, but okay. <laughs> Zaddy is queer yumminess. Transcends all gender, whatever. Mm-hmm. It yeah. is mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. fly at the to be a Zaddy. And then to be a daddy is also yummy and like great but not as spicy and hot as a zati a mm. little more wholesome yeah a little more wholesome, more wholesome. daddy okay. attainable zaddy yeah. you wish yeah <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. okay and okay. then the father is you know maybe a little bit more dusty square <laughs> Just like pure uncle energy. An yeah. actual, yeah. Uncle An energy. actual okay. father. Like a square bear. <laughs> yeah. Drive you to practice, but you kind of want him to stay his ass in the car. Or, or we'll just get the oh. job done, but like doesn't bring a lot else. Okay, okay. okay. I think I get first. it. You go first. Did you watch Full House growing up? Yeah. Okay. So my three are Uncle Jesse. Jo- yeah, Jesse. Joey. Ooh. And the dad. <laughs> what was the dad's name? Father. Isn't it Father's Dan father. Savage? No way. Dan, Danny. Bob, no. Bob Saget. Oh, Bob, Bob Saget. Bob Saget. <laughs> I, Bob I, Saget. I genuinely accidentally said Dan Savage. No so comment. Had, you're right. Bob Saget, Uncle Jesse, and Uncle Joey. 
daddy zaddy wait zaddy daddy father okay jesse is is jesse right mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. like i don't have to say it but like he's zaddy mm-hmm, right because he's mm-hmm. jesse yep like everyone loved him he's the up. good hair yeah. yeah the good hair right mm-hmm. his the, his wife in the show is she the one who got in yeah. trouble with all the harvard stuff oh yeah. shoot on <laughs> becky yeah. oh on that's becky. Yeah. wow that is a becky ass <laughs> that is a <laughs> becky ass move oh that's where everyone knows that per- oh, okay got it. Yeah. yeah yeah okay so uncle jesse is daddy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. joey is daddy because he was definitely like he was definitely very lovable but he was still the cool guy yeah yeah right? he was like cool funny he was like yeah. a clown he was a clown yeah like you could like grab like a like damn a bob you going joey yeah. over bob saget and then bob saget i think that's the correct bob yeah, saget is pretty gross literally so. yeah sure. that's the yeah. right yeah. order i mean yeah. i guess no i don't agree with I that i think this is this is fact <laughs> yeah <laughs> this bob saget is, is kind of like a he's like a Oh wow, that's your dad. He's cute, but not like damn Jesse cute. But first of all, he's only the only one of the three that actually has children. Yeah, okay, that that's not part of the criteria. No. But that doesn't no. make him a father. I feel like I this is this. even like from here on out, we can use this to explain the game. Yeah, are you like, serious? That's how. That's how. Like, in are you order, saying that I, I like picked bad out. three? Yes. Wow. Or just the quintessential. Like yeah, it's, no, you really did pick it. It's it's in our I don't agree. With, I don't agree with that. I think Bob Saget's the daddy and I need Joey's a diagram. the father. Absolutely <laughs> not. Joey's not attractive <laughs> at all. He's humorous. He does like he's humorous. He's humorous, but he doesn't have a serious father bone in his body. That's the whole thing. Exactly, yes, but no did. one's looking there at Joey and being like, "Damn, daddy to Joey." Alanis Morissette did. Who the fuck is that? Really? I am exactly. sad. Okay, no. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, Dude, Jagged like, like, Little Pill is all like, about oh, he's a daddy. Uncle Joey. the fuck up. You didn't know that? <laughs> oh. Uh, Wait, Google really? it all. Yes. What? Yes. <laughs> yeah, Uh-oh. he is who broke her heart. What? Yes. <laughs> They're talking about it, some genial stuff. Yeah. What's your order? That's What's because your order? it's so well, clear and it easy. Is, it's yes. like the okay. okay, clearly, obviously, <laughs> Uncle Jesse. That was like yeah, he's yeah, yeah, that's, that was like my awakening of that's your awakening. <laughs> <laughs> you really do like him a bit older. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Call Jesse Metropolis. <laughs> I swear to God, I used to tell my auntie, I was like, I'm going to marry a Greek man. And she was like, what? And I was like, Uncle Jesse, I'm going to marry Uncle Jesse. <laughs> she was like, you're like 10. Okay. Whoa. But I do, I agree. Like, Danny Tanner, is that his name? The dad. Yeah, he's. He is daddy. I agree. He's the definition of daddy. Yo. Not like, Joey get a little dolled up. Wait, wait. Is Joe, Joey's a chipmunk guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Wait, I thought he was the actual dad of of the no, no, no. The actual dad is Bob Saget. That like made Bro, all the stupid okay, voices. I messed up. I yeah, yeah. Yeah. Please yeah. reiterate. Yeah. Please yeah. reiterate. I'm so sorry. Thank you. Thank okay. you. Okay. No, I I I have to agree with Day. Okay. Anna, Joey is definitely Anna, father. Because I mean, yeah, he was him like doing the little chipmunk show, like the little yeah. cartoon puppet show. It was like cute, but it was like it was just cute. It was dumb. Imagine, <laughs> imagining Joey flirt. Imagine him flirt is gross. It's kind of like, oh, like you're the funny uncle. Yeah. Like you're like relaxed. Yeah. Daddy it's Tanner just cute. was kind of hot. Adorable. He's a little swag. Okay, I like a little bit. See where you're going. He like had nice hair and shit. Yeah. Okay. He was. Yeah. Well, Farisha, thank you for thank being you here. So yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. This is like the funnest 
podcast I've that's ever the done rep in we're trying life. to get yeah. that's we're, the trying rep. we're trying to be fun we're trying to be fun if we can't be credible we gotta be fun <laughs> <laughs> subscribe to our podcast rate it five stars comment on it we have like a pretty good rating right okay yeah i don't know i haven't checked in a minute are we doing it's better like, than the seattle know, times all the stars it's pretty good we're like three dollar signs on yelp our podcast made it on the progressive political podcast hundred okay. list oh can we include <laughs> yeah, that right? so, 83 baby 83 did you did you know you joined the top 100 progressive politics <laughs> hyper local probably just in this area called podcast 83 <laughs> 83 <laughs> 83 <laughs> 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 <laughs>